Hi, I'm Roger Cyrus. This is On and Off The Pitch, a sporting podcast special, something different, an interview with a female football player. I was fortunate to catch up with the captain of Dulwich Hamlet Women and find out what it was like for her being an American abroad, playing football in the UK and where it all began for her and her hopes for the future. I hope you enjoy it. Right. Hello there, Britt. And how are you? I'm well, thank you. How are you doing? I'm not too bad. Right. Um, thank you very much for actually agreeing to do this interview. And uh, even though we've spoken for quite a while now, so it seems <laughs> as if um, I want to ask you as a footballer stroke, female footballer, where did it begin for you? Where did the passion begin? Yeah. So I am from the States. I'm from Indiana in the States. So. I started playing football with a co-ed team. So I think like most of the females that I know, when they start, when they're younger, they start on a team that's mixed of boys yeah. and girls. And then obviously as they get older, they tend to separate on their own way. And I actually started a bit older than the rest of my peers. So I didn't really start playing until I was 12 or 13. Yeah. And I was l lucky enough that uh, football slash soccer was sanctioned by my school. So um, I started playing just school soccer, which is competitive, but, you know, not super, you know, we wouldn't train every day or anything like that, but still competitive. And then I moved um, into club as well. So I played football for both my school and my club, So which was meaning I was playing kind of all year round. So I was playing indoor soccer in the winter and then um, fall and spring, I was playing between school and club. So that's kind of where I started. That's where you started. And obviously you watched major events in your country. Was a key one that stood yeah, out for you? Absolutely. So I think I was playing, you know, I was interested in football slash soccer at the time, but it was still kind of an, a bit of an up and coming sport in America. So definitely the, the men didn't really play, but it was quite popular amongst women, but still a bit up and coming. And for me, it was the 99 World Cup where we went to pen penalty shootouts with China that we won, um, so the USA won, was really kind of a pivotal moment for me. So getting 100% buy-in to the sport, um, getting 100% buy-in to, to just being something that I would love to be a part of. No, that's good. Do you know, um, it's great that you, you have a key moment. You know, I, I had a key moment, obviously. This is not about me, it's definitely about you. <laughs> but when you get to play at a particular level, obviously you're playing football for a, a, a team in this country. We know that you're not from the UK just by your accent yeah. and obviously your the history that you have in American sport what's the difference between the opportunities that you had uh, growing up as a girl playing football and what you've seen playing football here um, in terms of the opportunity that's offered to girls that are of a similar age when you began yeah yeah so I think I guess we have to go back a little bit so for me, I think I was afforded quite a bit of opportunity compared to women my age here. So um, we have legislation called Title IX. What Title IX meant was that there has to be an equivalent amount of um, men and women's sport in school and in university. So what that meant, so for every American football slash gridiron team, there had to be a female sport. So that's not a female sport in school. Women don't really play. So there had to be a female sport. And I think out of that, that's where the popularity of women in 
football kind of started. So that that is probably the biggest female sport in the States. So that's where that started. And compared to other people my age, so on Dulwich, um, there are quite a few people that are my age. It was very different. So so what it meant having Title IX is that not only did we have to have equal amount of sports, is that we were really well sanctioned. You know, our training grounds, our resources, our training kits, like we, we were we were well taken care of. And I think here um, for the women that are my age, because I do think it's different now, much different now for the, you know, for the girls that were my age, you know, they're now that age, um, I think it's quite different. They have a lot more opportunities than the people our age did. But, you know, the women my age on the team, they played maybe with the boys for a little while and then they got kicked out and couldn't play with the boys and then didn't have a girls team to, to play with. And the only opportunity they really had was if they got picked up by a big club, which is tough. You know, it's tough if your parents can't drive you to that club, if you can't get the bus or whatever it is, if you can't afford it. So I think it's really, really tough. So I think compared to women my age, I was really afforded a lot of opportunity. I'm really grateful for the opportunity I was afforded having Title IX. I'm not saying everything's perfect, but it definitely kind of is why I think the sport is as popular as it is in the States. So um, Title IX, is that is that a, a, in terms of legislation, is that a national legislation is that statewide is it national yeah it's national so it's a national law so every school every university every school in all of america so obviously we have state rules and we have national yeah. rules yeah. but um it is every school i don't know if you have to be a certain division i don't think so i think it's every school you must have equal amount of men and women's sports wow so do you know it, just listening to that little section there uh, tells me that uh, despite the UK being the uh, allegedly the the home, the birth of football, we're quite far behind in terms of um, equality for sports and access to sports for for young girls. I think that's what it is, and I think you know because I grew up in a place that has lots of space, lots of you know, there's plenty of room for grass football pitches, and in being in London, I don't know if that's a bit of a of it so you don't really have area to be able to cater for those kinds of activities i'm not sure what it is but um i do think it's getting better so i've been here for five years and it's definitely grown and popular you know with the women's world cup and then lots of backing and marketing behind the women's um wsl teams yeah you think it's getting so much better but i think there's a missing element and it's a grassroots element so it's those small clubs. So you have the Chelsea's, you have the Arsenal's, you have these massive clubs, but not everyone can afford it. They can't get there. But having those really local grassroots clubs to belong to and mm. to play as much as you can, I think is probably a bit of a missing element. So it's it's almost an element where the, the, the tail's wagging the dog then. Uh, in what, what do you mean? Well, the WSL in terms of football, the, 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 the hierarchy of football, that's right at the top. Yeah. But in terms of what's below it, you know, you kind of your champ championship level and, and what goes down in, as a Christmas tree. Yeah. Football across the country really needs to be more supported. And and there isn't the structure there that you that you would have, you know, kind of come across in America. Yeah, I think so. And and I mean, just think when I compare notes, you know, when we're having a discussion with some of the women my age on the team, you know, when I was in university, I was. I trained every single day, six days a week, played once or twice a week. I uh, Our training days were I had to go see the physio at 7 a.m., started training at 8 a.m., 
trained until 11 and then did weights until 12 and then went to school after. Everything was jotted down, noted down about how we were performing, we were fed. It, it was very professional, but it's because it's sanctioned. And obviously it's not like that at a grassroots level, but still, I think it's less about, it's less about being so professional, more about just playing, getting, being able to play. You know, I played school in the fall, I played indoor in the winter and I played club in the spring. So I was playing all the time. And I think just being able to have that opportunity would really, I think kind of help. Yeah. You know, it's, it's, you know, I don't, sometimes it's very difficult. And I've had a conversation with friends of mine and, and I've been to watch different female women football players. And this is the bit that I struggle with. Um, I went to Dulwich Hamlet and watched the women. Then you played QPR and it's girls. Then it's Fulham late, and I'm like, oh come on, yeah. The, the 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 acronyms that go after the club, and I'm like, is there? Does that bother you? Because it kind of trips me up, you know. I kind of think I'm making a mistake here, and if I say the wrong thing, I'm going to upset someone. Yeah, I think to be honest, I'm probably going to upset a lot of women, but it doesn't bother me. It's not even an element I consider. So um, we had this discussion as well. So when we first joined Dulwich, this is our first year. Yeah. So when we uh, initially had these discussions, the club was like, we, we just want you to be called Dulwich, but we had an element of wanting our own identity. We wanted to be, so we wanted our own socials because we have a very, it's not like we were a bunch of new players. We were a club before. Mm. So we wanted, and we have a very strong identity and a very strong fabric that holds us together. So I think in terms of keeping that, we decided to put women's football club at the end, but for me, I'm very rarely offended by terms like that that are kind of tagged on. I guess girls, I don't know, that's a bit, they are, some of them are young, so they are kind of girls, but I mean, no, not, that's not something that's going to trip me up. And I, I know it does for some people, but to me, it's, I'm more focused on the game than any sort of. Yeah. You just want the three points. Yeah, I just want the three points. I just want to play. Get us on the pitch. Doesn't matter if we're women, girls, or ladies. Whatever we have to be, get us on the pitch. That's very good. Um, you mentioned that obviously you've only been under the the, the Dulwich Hamlet umbrella for a year. Previously, you were known as uh, AFC Phoenix. AFC Phoenix. So obviously, you go from being AFC Phoenix playing in an open park. Yeah, one man and his dog to going to the home of a well-known um, non-league club, Dulwich Hamlet, and then you're now playing in front of, well, the last time I went there was like over 200. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so how does that feel? Really awesome. It's so cool. It's it's really cool. So literally, we are playing... Um, you know, we were, our preseason is in Clapham Common. So we're, you know, next to a bunch of Australians having yeah, beers. Yeah, I know that one. <laughs> yeah, playing rugby. And so you're trying to share space. And um, then, then you know, our in-season was down the street at a place that was, you know, pretty much a mud pitch. And so being at Champion Hill, yeah. um, and our fans were mostly our partners and our, our dogs, our pets. So that, that, was the, that was the only people that were kind of around and now having um, first off the pitch, Champion Hill is beautiful. The pitch is well taken care of. It's, it's just a really nice space. Um, and then having fans all of a sudden, I think is, it's funny. It's funny for all of us. We're a bit like scratching our head. And I think all of us are 
it's yeah it's i think it's a bit of a surreal experience but it's fun it's really fun and i think everyone's kind of making the best of it you know we're starting to come to know the people that are turning up day in and day out having personal relationships with them you know we eat dinner in the clubhouse after our you know after our games with everybody we keep the doors open so i think it's a really inclusive space for everybody but yeah it's it's good it's such a good time <laughs> and do you know what that, that for me that's quite nice i mean obviously i've been i've been to watch you a couple of times now so it's 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 i'm feeling more like i know you guys but also becoming more of a fan as well you know yeah. and it and it's a for me it's a local club it's been a local club i've lived not far from the club for many, many years. So it, it was almost a no-brainer to actually go and watch you guys. And when I saw the actual, I have to say, I saw the tweet on, on Twitter and I thought, I'm going to go down there and watch this team. No idea what was happening. No, I didn't know anything about you. Yeah. Went and I, I was kind of like taken with what I saw, the commitment. And obviously when you see, as I said, I saw you initially on the pitch and then I see you in, up close and you think, you look a lot taller than you are on the pitch. And, and then you see the tackles go in and you see the side and you just, um, there's a bit of me that winces because I'm, I'm all, I, there's a bit of me that I don't want you to get hurt. And yeah, you, just, yeah. you just generally, and all of the girls, I'm thinking, don't get hurt because yeah. I know what it's like. But um, obviously once you cross the white line, like any football player, you always think, I want, I'm just looking for three points. That's it. And yeah, uh, you yeah, can see yeah. that. Yeah, no doubt. I think it's quite funny, funny because I think on the pitch, not that our personalities are different. I still think we're very much ourselves, but we're all. I, I sometimes I get offended when people are like, "Oh, this is this is your hobby." It is a hobby, but for me, it feels much, much more than that. The time that we put in, the emotions that we put in, and I think every person on our team would say the same thing. You yeah. know, we all go on the pitch very focused, um, very you know, very much wanting to win super, we're all competitive. You know, we went to the men's game on Saturday and we were yeah. selling raffle tickets, the 50-50 tickets. And immediately it was a competition who could sell more the quickest, you know, we were running around. So extremely competitive, but I think, yeah, off the pitch, when you step off the pitch, I think we've really kind of endeared ourselves to the fans. So I think slowly, you know, slowly we're getting our own fan group. We definitely, I think have a unique one to the men's, but slowly, I think some of the fans are kind of trickling over to us and I think we're so accessible to them and that, you know, when we're in the clubhouse walking around talking and stuff. And I think we've kind of really endeared ourselves to those you know, members at the club. Okay. But you know what, then, then what will happen? You'll need to get photos framed, signed shirts. That'll be the next thing. I know. I mean, listen, I was already signing calendars last night. We have calendars out with that's men and women. So yeah, it's, we're we're big time now. We're big time. I, I feel I feel I feel offended that I don't have one. <laughs> you should pick one up, and I'll sign it for you. Thank you very much. I think I will. <laughs> um, obviously, you know it's not it's not all being plain sailing, playing football as a female, or just wanting to be a footballer. Just you know, the term female footballer is always going to come up, and at some point, we want to get to a point in in the history of the sport where you, regardless of your gender, you're just called a footballer. Yeah. yeah. You know, so um, obviously going to games before when you're, you're, you're getting ready, you had the odd comment, I take it? Yeah, so I think, again, it, the thing is, is I, I really, because England, London is my home now, and it very much is my home to me, it, I don't 
I don't like finding myself comparing the states versus London and England. So, but it, I just think it's the, the times. You know, I think the states was just a bit ahead in this particular space. So when I first came to London, um, you know, I, I would wear part of my kit to on my way to the game on Sundays, and I would get comments like, "You play football?" Like really shocked that I was a football player. Um, they would ask questions like, "Oh, do you play for ninety minutes?" How big is the ball? Is it the same size ball as, as what the men, you know, are using? And so, yeah, I think comments like that. Um, I think from a few referees as well, just really bizarre behavior from some of the referees saying, oh, I didn't know women got cramps. So one of my teammates got a cramp in their leg and he said, I didn't know women got cramps. And it's just, yeah, I think that it was a period of time where I think the the society in general is coming to terms with women playing football and actually being very good, very talented. Um, I think in the UK, um, football is very accessible to everybody. So I think a lot of men think they're superstars. And so when they see, you know, when they see women kind of rocking up, they just maybe have a bit of a negative opinion, but it has changed significantly since I've been here. Like even just in five years, it's changed so much. Um, I think the Women's World Cup in France had a lot to do with that. I think the backing behind the WSL teams, the marketing that's been made available, you know, the BBC, I think it's BBC documentary on the West Ham, the women's West Ham team. I just think it's stuff like that that highlights women's football that really makes people be become more interested in it and more knowledgeable about it. But it's grown a lot. That's good. And when, when will the Dulwich Hamlet women's documentary take place? Is, is it happening soon? Interesting. Are you going to do it? Would you like to do it for us? Well, well, yes. Well, <laughs> it's it's your next move out of teaching. It, it, could, it could be. I'll speak to someone. <laughs> okay. Uh, we have a number of creatives on the team that can help. But actually, so um, Joe Media, they have done, I think it's two or three clips on us already. So yeah. kind of following our path. They'll come again soon. It's been of a hard bit of a hard time for us the last few months because our coach passed away. Yeah. Um. So it's been a bit. We I think things kind of went on hold for that period of time for us to come together, gather our thoughts, kind of support each other, and hopefully again our um, advertising, I guess, our marketing will uh, ramp up once again with Joe. But yeah, they've been doing some really nice clips. Um. I, it's called "Not Here to Take Part," so you know we, we belong here, kind of thing. And they've done some really nice clips. Yeah, that's brilliant. Um, you know, for you, you know, captain of the the, the women's team, um, your aspirations personally in terms of what you want to achieve while you're playing, but also for the club. What, what, what do you what do you aim for? I'm not going to say within the next year. Say within the next two or three years. What, what's your your aim? Yeah, so I am a bit older now. I probably can't tell. I'm very useful, but I'm a bit older now. <laughs> and I'll I'll definitely be retiring soon I, in the next few years, probably. So for me personally, um, I hope that next season, if not this season, next season, we can get promoted. But also, um, I'm not just a team member. I'm on the committee as well. So as a member of the committee, I'd love to get the club in a place where we can um, get to the WSL, WSL two levels, uh, you know, really get promoted, build an infrastructure around yeah. the club in women's football that will allow us to get promoted. But for me as well, kind of a little, 
personal project that I'd love to, to really be a part of is having a youth program for women. So there's a youth for the boys. And I, I know this is something they want to do, but it's kind of one step at a time. So I would love to be a part of a youth program and not just a youth program, but where we actually, where it's very structured and we can bring the youth through to the senior levels. That's something that I really want to be a part of. And I personally am going to push. There's a few others on the team as well. This is kind of a topic that we're really committed to. So I'm hoping that's something that we can kind of build at the club. Yeah, so really you're role models and you're not just doing it for the here and now, you're doing it, you're, you're, you're future proofing the club itself. That's what we'd like, That that's what we are trying to do. So, you know, we know it's, we've kind of built an ethos, especially, I mean, throughout time as Phoenix, but at Dulwich as well, kind of in our charter where it's, you know, what do we expect of you is that it's it's above the individual. You, it's no longer about the individual. It's about the club. We expect everyone to behave in a way that's going to allow the club to reach their goals. And obviously not, you know, the, the club doing what they want at all costs, but just um, our ethos is the community. It is over and above the individual. So um, you know, we have things on how we expect people to behave in public and how we expect language and, of course, emotions, you know, emotions get the better of us on occasion. But yeah, it is. It is. You know, we, we're. I think we kind of have to, I, I don't really know that it's best to get into this topic, but I think as women, it it is expected of us rightly or wrongly. I think there is a behavior that if we I mean, you can see instances of it in in women's football in the States where you have a few famous professional footballers that go off on one and they get banned and that would never happen to a man. And so I think, but it, it isn't just because we want to adhere to those uh, you know, societal expectations, but it is because we, we want to project ourselves in a certain way. We want to be inclusive and we do kind of want to future proof our club so that we can bring the youth in. We want them to be a part of us and be a part of the club and kind of build a space that we can have from, young girls all the way up to the senior level. Sorry, no, not, a rant. <laughs> no, that's not a rant, that's just beautiful. It's, it's just kind of, you kind of, you kind of really told me and everyone else about what you want to do, but it's also, um, as a captain, you're thinking of others and not yeah, just about on the pitch beyond, so. I think, I think as a club, like that, as, as everybody, you know, in our, every, you know, everybody that's in our club, we all just really, want to help the community. We want to be a part of this community. Dulwich is really, really special. Our fans are really special um, day in and day out. They come, they support us, they back us, they bring us gifts when they can't attend. It's just it's just a really nice space and I would love, and it's a really good area too, that I think there'll be plenty of young girls that we could kind of bring into this culture and bring into the club and hopefully provide a space for them to play sport and enjoy. That's good. So good. You know, I, I, I want to move away from just you a little bit. Obviously, I'm going to talk to you as a football fan. Um, you mentioned the WSL. Is there a WSL team that you support? And also, um, I want to mention a certain individual who's been a slightly high profile. Your country, woman, man, woman, person. Yeah. Megan Rapino. Um, uh, what are your thoughts about her? So WSL team. Who do you support and yeah. Megan? So this, I get this question quite a bit from the, the Premier League as well. So 
I <laughs> I find, did you hear the arsenal in the background? <laughs> um, so I, I tend to find myself following players as opposed to teams. Okay. I, so it, I don't really follow a women's team so closely. I'm more kind of, I, I watch and follow a lot of the games, but I'm, it's more kind of around the players that are playing at the teams. Um, I probably, my favorite player in, she doesn't obviously play in England, but she plays for England is Lucy Bronze. I think she's amazing and incredible. I follow her at Leon, like she's fantastic. Um, mm. Yeah, there's a, there's a quite a few players that I like to watch, but no team in particular. Um, about Megan Rapino, I think she's awesome. I think, do I think she was the best player of the tournament, the Women's World Cup? No, no. probably not. But I just think her presence um, on the pitch, she's very confident in what she does on and off the pen pitch. I am a massive fan of hers. She's someone, despite being similar ages, she's someone I really look up to as to like how you can tactfully stand your ground. So how you don't have to be combative, but you can say, I'm here to stand my ground and this is what I believe in. So I'm a massive fan, massive fan of Megan. Massive fan. And it's really strange that you mentioned the per the player that you follow being Lucy Bronze. Yeah. Came second. Yeah, the yeah, yeah, exactly. and then Megan is the the close to. Um, I've had conversations where people said that it should never have been Megan; it should have been Lucy Bronze or someone else. And uh, obviously, they put the question about the World Cup. So I just wanted to get your your take on that. In terms yeah, of I, I don't know. I think so. As characters, they're very different characters. Yeah. I think, um, and they're also very different footballers. So. Um, I'm obviously happy my countrywoman won, so I wouldn't take that away from her, but I agree I, in some of the comments about how I think maybe the vote only took into consideration the Women's World Cup as opposed mm -hmm. to looking at the entire year, because obviously um, Leon and Lucy Broughton, they achieved a lot. Mm -hmm. And I think they're, I think the most interesting point that came out of that is how do we get the two continents to kind of play against each other to actually see, which I think is a very interesting topic to bring up um, and would be really cool to, to consider. So, Wow. That's a, that's, that's a way to end it. Yeah. But, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you guys fight it out. You guys have to go in a boxing ring and you fight it out. Fight it. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh. Okay. Could you imagine? No. <laughs> uh, she, no. I don't you know, would get murdered. <laughs> <I'm sorry. laughs> I'm sure of it. <laughs> oh, Lucy yeah, yeah. Bronze is quiet, but I think there's a there's a little bit of steel about. Yeah, her. I think, yeah, I'm yeah. pretty sure her muscles are made of actual iron. She's crazy. <laughs> oh God, right. You know, I, I think that's a, a great place to end it. I'm so glad <laughs> I was able. I was so glad I was able to actually interview you. An interview with the captain of Dulwich Hamlet Women. Brit. Thanks so much for having me. It was such a pleasure. It was really nice talking to you. It was nice talking to you and hopefully we can do it again. Um, and when uh, when the club are promoted, hopefully. When the club are promoted, hopefully. When the club are promoted. Thank you very much. Up the Hamlets. <laughs>